The most successful and rewarding transitions from high school to college are achieved when students are open to exploration and excited about that discovery process. That's the mindset that cuts through the noise and the groupthink and allows them to go all in on choosing schools based on the factors that truly matter most. When called upon, I help them along the way. I'm Brian Eldridge, founder of Courier College Prep and the host of Admissions to Mars. And that's what I hope to do here. Leverage my knowledge, insights, and over a decade of experience to put you in possession of a regularly updated map of the college admissions landscape. Welcome back. It's Admissions to Mars. I know you're paying more at the pump. I know you are paying more at the grocery store. The butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, the restaurants you frequent or restaurants that you're frequenting less, everything feels more expensive because it is. And while it's convenient and not wholly inaccurate at all to point to inflation as the culprit, right? All caps inflation, that's provided easy cover for companies and many service providers to just raise prices and rake in billions of dollars in additional profit. Now, obviously, there are underlying economic issues at play. Supply chain bottlenecks, labor shortages, stronger consumer demand maybe than anticipated coming out of the pandemic. Sure, we'll acknowledge that all of those things are real. But a number of corporations are just using inflation as a justification to pass on even higher price hikes, price gouging. It's, it just is what it is. It's not hearsay. It's not speculative. It's it's just go and, I mean, there's the receipts. Like, well, literally, uh, go and, and read what retail and oil executives have been recorded uh, saying at, on earnings calls right, um, about their ability to to hike prices. And, and, and you'll find quotes like passing along higher costs to customers, make sense right now and um, we have a strategy going forward to quote surgically raise retail prices on select items and we believe it's working very effectively end quote and you can find more of the same there it is right instead of keeping prices stable for struggling families companies looking out at the lay of the land just say hey we can just jack up prices They know consumers expect higher prices right now, and so they're seeing how far they can push that. And they're pushing that. Of course they are, right? That's the game. That's the game as it's played in the arena of late-stage capitalism. And the thing is, colleges have been playing that game for a while now. And so one way to look at it is that the country has finally caught up to higher education's pricing model. In general, tuition increase um, increases over the course of, of, say, the last 20 years, right? It's twice the rate of inflation, about 8% a year. And since the U.S. hit 8.6% in May, which was the fastest annual rate since the Reagan administration, hey, we're even. And speaking of Reagan, in the 40 years between 1980 all right, when Reagan came into office in 2020, the average cost of the college experience has risen by a staggering 169%. And those costs will continue to rise. Why? Because they can. 
it's not a consumer-friendly environment for 96% of consumers. And the financial aid system is wildly outdated, completely out of line with cost structuring as currently constituted. And that's why it's even more imperative that families understand this structure, what they're getting into and what they'll likely pay at the colleges that their sons and daughters are applying to. So let's talk about that. Good college lists are built through prioritizing criteria that are important to you, not by being influenced by national rankings or what you see other people um, doing as they go through the process, but what's important to you the size, the programs that are offered, the location, do they have co-ops, what's the percentage of classes taught by full-time faculty, not TAs, what's the Greek scene. Um, Far too often, cost is not prioritized. I'm not saying it's not considered, but the work to calculate what the approximate net price at every school on a list might end up being, that's not common practice, Um, disturbingly so, because... Well, I've only had a hand, honestly, a handful of parents crunch the numbers in a meaningful way as a list was being built and then keeping cost as a priority up um, until and through the final selection. What happens much more frequently, surprise, shock, awe, at the bottom line when those financial aid award letters come in. And because successful college consulting should always involve Um, providing sound financial advice, whether or not that advice is taken. Um, Between now and Halloween, what I'm going to do over the course of a few episodes is outline the strategies, the resources, the exercises that will hopefully ensure that you know how the money game is played because it is a game. And once you understand how it's played, you're that much more in control of the process. So let's do that. Let's try to eliminate the surprises when those numbers come in. Today, I want to highlight three resources, EFC calculators, all right, expected family contribution calculators, the common data set, and my intuition. On October 1st, the FAFSA and the CSS profile um, come out. And if, when you fill out that FAFSA, you will get a student aid report back. And on that student aid report, you will get your EFC, your expected family contribution. The EFC is the foundation of all your financial aid packages. It's the number colleges use to calculate the amount of federal student aid you are eligible to receive. And it's the minimum amount of money your family is expected to pay towards college. And fun fact, you'll almost always pay more. And this number is one of the first big surprises of the financial aid odyssey, but it doesn't have to be. You can get a very close estimate by using the Federal Student Aid Estimator. You could find that at studentaid.gov, and I'll have a link in the episode description. All caps, you should absolutely do this. Enter accurate information and asset info, and you will get a pretty accurate EFC. I'm not saying you'll agree with the number that, um, that they'll shoot back at you, but 
We want to keep things reality-based, and this is one of the most important steps in doing that. If you want to go a bit deeper and actually see how they come up with the number, you can find the EFC Formula Guide worksheet online. Now, the math. When you subtract your EFC from your cost of attendance, or COA, you get your need. Okay, That's a very important um, acronym-based formula there. COA minus EFC equals your need. And then your next move should be to figure out how much need each college on your list will meet. And you do that by getting a, real, by getting a really good handle on how colleges build financial aid packages. The EFC is the foundation of your aid package, if there is one. But the EFC will mean different things to different families applying to different colleges, which I know as a definition that's pretty sketchy, but let me explain. Say your expected family contribution is estimated to be $35,000. Right? You're here in New York. You're looking at a SUNY school. Well, your EFC is higher than the cost of attendance at the particular SUNY school. So while you might be eligible for some state or some institutional grants, um, you're not going to get anything need-based. Now say Colgate is also on your list. Well, the cost of attendance at that institution, that's tuition, room and board, all the direct and indirect costs is about $83,000. Let that sink in. $83,000. So you subtract your EFC from that, and your need is $48,000. Now, Colgate is a school that meets 100% of demonstrated financial need. And depending on your income level, that may mean they do that without loans. Very few schools meet 100% of demonstrated need, though considerably more could and should considering their endowments. Only around 22 colleges will cover 100% need without loans. That's with a mix of grants, scholarships, and work study, which is super attractive. And so for students who know they're going to have a considerable amount of need, it makes sense to do everything in high school to position yourself to be a competitive applicant at one of these schools, which Almost two a school tend to be the most select, ultra-select schools because there's a chance if you are admitted that you are going to have all of that need covered. Another 15 or so schools meet demonstrated need, 100% of it, without loans for certain income levels, like Colgate, as we just mentioned, and about 40 schools will meet 100% of the need, but they do that with subsidized, unsubsidized, and parent plus loans. All the rest of the schools out there, well, like the sign says, mind the gap. Demonstrating financial need doesn't necessarily mean you'll get financial aid, or at least as much as you need. And that's because many schools can't afford to do it. They can't afford to give every student what he or she needs to cover the cost of the education that they provide. So... On top of having to cover your EFC, there's a good chance you'll likely have to mind the gap, which is the difference between your need and the college's financial aid package. 
let me offer up an example from two of my, two of the families that I worked with this past cycle. A certain out-of-state school, let's call it Delaware, has a cost of attendance of $55,000 per year. One of these families had an EFC that exceeded that, so no need. And the other family had an EFC of $35,000, leaving them with $20,000 of need. For the first family, Delaware offered a $3,500 unsubsidized loan and a $5,000 grant. That's it. For the other, they offered $5,500 in loans, which is the max for a freshman starting in class of, um, or starting next fall, $2,000 work study, also called self-help, and $10,000 uh, in grant money. And that left a little gap on top of the $35,000 that they're already on the hook for. The important takeaway here is that neither family can say they were surprised at the offers. They can say they were disappointed, especially because the GPAs and the testing of both of these uh, students were above the 50% historical range at Delaware, but these numbers were in line with how Delaware packages students. And how do we know that? Well, because that information for most, not all, most schools is out there. You can find it, and you can find it on the common data set. That's right, the common data set. You've heard me sing its praises before. It's where we can find, where you can find anything and everything, literally. It's not flashy. There are no infographics. It is just hard data in PDF or Excel form. To find a school's common data set, just Google the school plus CDS. And if the school participates, you will hopefully be brought to the 2021-2022 form, which is the most recent available. And on it, you can find, like I said, everything average SAT, ACT scores, demographic um, information for the class, um, undergraduate class sizes, do they consider demonstrated interest, number of faculty with terminal degrees, everything. But today, I just want to highlight section H. This is where you'll find all the financial aid information you could possibly want. And it's where you'll get the average percent of need that a school meets, super important, as well as the average dollar amount it's of its need-based awards and the average amount of non-need-based awards. Again, these are averages, but what they do is that they will help they help you strengthen the accuracy of the forecast. So here's a bit of a, I don't know, hopefully not too clumsy of an analogy. Doing this research, all right, and as you build your list, knowing what the expectation might be, like what that bottom line might look like, it's the difference between being a family who heads outside, looks up at the sky and says, you know what, I think it's going to be pretty sunny all week. And another family who, say, has access to radar and all the NOAA information they could possibly want, and they go outside and say, hey, looks like rain on Thursday. I'm not exactly sure how much definitely rain and probably between a quarter and a half inch now which family is better prepared for that upcoming picnic and the last resource that i want to be sure you are clued into my intuition capital M-Y-I-N, capital T-U-I-T-I-O-N, My Intuition. Check it out. Bookmark it. 
use it early, use it often, play around with the numbers, see how the estimates they kick back to you can be tweaked. Super user-friendly, requiring maybe six, seven questions, basic financial information. You don't need a stack of tax records by your side. Takes the average user three, four minutes to complete. And what it gives you, it's um, the number of the student and parent contribution. It, that number is based on their evaluation of current students with basic financial circumstances similar to what you provided the tool. And it's their best estimate, but they give you a range. And it's an estimated range, but they say it's accurate for approximately 90% of families with your financial profile. And considering the financial aid landscape and, and, and just the difficulties in navigating it for so many families, getting an estimate of what you might be on the hook for that's 90% accurate, that is pretty incredible. So, um, And they say if you want even a more precise estimate, that's when you bring up the tax records, again, prior, prior year. So for those families of rising seniors, it's going to be 2021. Use the net price calculators found on a school's website. You can find them on Big Future. And the more you crunch the numbers, the better read you're going to have um, on th- you know, the, uh, the price you might be expected to pay at a certain school when those numbers finally do come in. And if you want to get even deeper, um, the architect of my intuition, Philip Levine, he released a book this past spring called A Problem of Fit. I highly recommend it. All right, that's it. It is never too early to get your head around the financial side of planning for college. Far too many people go into the process all heart. And that can be a recipe for six-figure regret. College is a business. Never forget that. Underlying all the high-minded talk and the Latin mottos, and it's and, and you know there's there's that, but it's a bottom-line business supported by a financial aid process that is opaque and complicated and confusing, and that's by design. So acknowledging that, and then arming yourself with the knowledge of how this game is played and how best to position yourself, that's going to pay you back in perpetuity. Stay tuned. There's going to be much more where this came from. And until then, subscribe, tell a friend, and be good and be good at it.